What up, everybody? This is back. You're listening to the Feedback Podcast, the only podcast about the Austin scene, the Austin nightlife. And this is episode number 99, part two of our Save Austin Music podcast series. And on this episode, we're talking to Chris Bush from TipCal, which is an app that allows you to tip bands straight from your phone. And Dan Redman, who's the founder of the Mosaic Sound Collective, which is going to be a one-stop shop of resources and services supporting the music community. So we talk about how music tech is part of the solution to save Austin music. So definitely a great talk. They have some great uh, insight to share. Now, make sure you tune in next Tuesday for our finale of our series, and that's going to be episode number 100. Yes, folks, we made it to 100 shows. And so the show will be live at 2 p.m. from City Hall with government officials, city officials. It's going to be a great show, so make sure you don't miss it. All right, let's go. Hey, this is T-Double from the Urban Artist Alliance, and you're listening to the Feedback Podcast. And we're live. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back, and as always, sitting across from me, good friend Miko. How you doing, man? Doing well on this good Tuesday. Yes, yes, yes. And this is part two of our podcast series about the Austin music scene. There's a lot going on right now uh, with this city trying to preserve Austin as a music city with the live music capital of the world. So we got to live up to that. So we have some great guests today. But first, let's... Uh, Catch up on last week, last week's show, Miko. Yeah, so on, during last week's show, we had the beginning of our music series. Um, as part of that, we had Rebecca Farrell um, representing as a lawyer for uh, venues here locally in Austin. Um, and we also had T-Dub representing artists and just the mentorship of, of artists mm-hmm. and musicians here in Austin. Uh, we talked about a, a lot of things, but uh, with Rebecca, we focused, focused on venues uh, what some of the challenges are for venues. And with TW, we focused on, again, same same aspect, but what the challenges were for artists. Some of the big takeaways on that was, A, one of the things Re- Rebecca really pushed was contact your music commissioner and just get in touch with the music scene here in Austin. Not just not just the musicians themselves, but the people who help cultivating it here, here as part of the city. At the same time, as artists, their message out there to artists was don't rely on the city for everything you need. Work with them, partner with them, but don't become dependent on them, right? Because they yeah, won't always be don't, there. Don't look for a handout. Uh, you know, you got to treat your uh, your art and music like a business. You know, don't just think you can just sit there and then wait for things to happen. You got to make things happen. And one other thing that really came out of uh, last week's show, and we'll touch on that again today, is all these new partnerships, all these uh, people who are doing great things in the city, and all these town hall meetings that that – all 10 uh, town hall meetings over the past couple of months have allowed a lot of people to get in the same room to meet. And the people we have today, I'll keep teasing it, but because it's really important. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of people who didn't know each other before the town halls and got to meet that way. That's how I met Rebecca, actually. And so there is a movement in music tech and nonprofits and uh, private companies who are actually stepping stepping up and trying to uh, preserve Austin as a music city. So uh, one other thing that she uh, she said is that the music commission meetings are open to the public. 
So anybody can go. It's every first Monday of the month, first Monday of the month at City Hall at 6.30. And, you know, there, you know, parking is free after 6 o'clock anyway. So it's really validated. Exactly. And on top of that, you get to, you know, meet your commissioners, uh, get caught up on a conversation, meet people uh, who are active in the music scene, trying to, you know, keep up with what's going on. So it's open to the public. So you're in Austin, you're part of this city, you're part of this culture, you're part of this music scene. So that's, it's a great way to get involved is to attend those com- a music commission meeting every first Monday at City Hall at 6.30. Now, let's get into last weekend yeah, shenanigans. Our FOMO segment. <laughs> shenanigans. I never said that word. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. You know, I always wanted to know, I wonder if our, if our audience even knows FOMO. I don't Not everyone's as hip to the streets as uh, you are back. Uh, um, fear of Missing Out, by the way, is the name of that acronym. It's what the kids are all raving about. So it's Fear of Missing Out. What did we miss out on, or what did you potentially miss out on last week, our FOMO segment? Um, last week, I wasn't here in Austin, but one of the events I promoted for last, last, last weekend, this past weekend, was uh, the first annual Second Street Soundcheck presented by Google. It was in the Second Street District, the Market District, I believe is a term that ne- never fully caught on. That's the name of it? Yeah, I believe the so. Market the Market District? District. Right. Yeah. Never heard of it. Exactly. To me, Second Street. <laughs> I don't even call it w- uh, Willie Nelson. Yeah, well, those all work too. But technically, the city dubbed it the Market District. Oh, okay. And so Google had a stage on one end of Second Street, I think like towards uh, the Guadalupe, Colorado end. And there was another one towards the San Antonio end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the streets... The, the second street itself was closed off, except for uh, the passage lanes across streets. So, like, Lavaca, Colorado, Guadalupe are open. But right. in between there, it was all closed. And it, had, it was closed off, um, so it was fenced in. And they had an open container within those areas. So, Ooh. hey, that's, <laughs> I think Austin should do more of that. Um, <laughs> you know, within reason, within a good management. But, you know, that's a good trial run of that. It reminded me, if you've ever been to the Cinco de Mayo Festival that's over there, thrown by La Contessa, yeah. it was a lot like that. Yep. Um, except again, this was thrown by Google the first time, so it was really good. It was supporting local artists, local food, local local um, uh, local fashion, all there in that market market district. And mm-hmm. um, I talked to a lot of people that went because I recommended a lot of people go, and everyone said they had a great time. Good music, good food. Uh, talked to a lot of people, met a lot of people, networked. Um, the only complaint was that it was hot. <laughs> but uh, what can you do? Can it's, do. It's, it's Texas. Wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Walk around with an umbrella. I must and look pretentious. I know. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, one thing I'll say, though, I mean, I like the idea of them having it. I hope Google continues to, continues to do this every year, makes it an annual event. I do ask the powers that be at Google, it's your first, first year, try not to conflict, conflict with another local festival, Solstice Festival. Yes, right? yes. Right, it's unfortunate that it happened. So I know you went to Solstice. Yeah, Solstice, uh, shout out to um, the whole Solstice team. I think they did a great job. We actually did a live podcast at uh, Stay Gold on Thursday and interview some of the bands that were performing at Solstice, uh, the Solstice Festival. And um, really to get a sense of, you know, trying to get their story and all that and as a preview so people could uh, get to know the artists. But the, the festival itself was great. I mean, Chris, sorry, I'm, I'm already... Chris yeah, Bush is yeah. here, everybody. We'll, we'll introduce. Out, but yeah, we'll introduce later. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm skipping ahead because I know you were there. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, extremely hot outside, yes. but you get over it. So I mean, I showed up around a little bit before four o'clock, and I had to change shirts after an hour. <laughs> and I'm from Africa, and it was hot. <laughs> it was hot. It was Africa you were hot. Actually, it was like a Tuesday in Africa. That's, that's how hot it was. But anyway. <laughs> if you missed it, you seriously missed out. That festival was amazing. Yes, they yeah. did a great job. One thing I really liked is that so they had two stages. 
and they alternated the bands between the two. So it's not like yeah, there are two things going on at once, yep. like they do at ACL or Fun Fest. You didn't miss so out. you never miss out on anything. So people would just move from one stage to the next, and he gave time for the bands to get ready, do their sound checks and everything. Uh, they had food vendors. They had uh, uh, local vendors selling clothes, and I saw some African art, which I I love. With the African heat goes African heart. Exactly, exactly, exactly. No, it was great. I mean, as far as the shows uh, shows go, uh, Henry did a gr- had a great set. It's amazing. I love Henry. Um, uh, Zeely did a freestyle. It was pretty cool. He asked people for words in the crowd, and he huh. did a freestyle about the words. That's pretty good. Yeah. Engage a crowd. Good, yeah, good exactly. Zeely is great at that, and he used to play with DJs. Now he does the uh, plays with a band. Which is way more it's energy. You can really yeah, play off the band. It's yep. really, it's really good. Uh, who else did I see? Oh, Golden Dawn Orchestra, mm-hmm. of course. They never disappoint. Uh, Ume, it was my first time seeing him, and oh, we talked to him, him on the sh- on yep. the podcast. But man, Lauren I can rock. Yeah, energy, Lauren man. can rock. I was just, <laughs> I, I mean, she was throwing herself on the ground. Her <laughs> hair, was, like her head kept whipping left and right. I'm like, holy shit. This little tiny yep. girl has the energy of 20 people. And she just had a baby, not just a couple months ago. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that was that was incredible. And I, I love to see, because, you know, you would think that people just, I don't know if most people were um, familiar with all these bands. I mean, a lot of them I didn't know. I mean, I've seen Mother Falcon. I've seen uh, uh, Henry. But I was like, hey, you know, check out some of the new stuff. And yeah. people were vibing with it. It's- I mean, you wouldn't expect the mosh pit when it's like 95 degrees outside. But, I mean, people were in it. I mean, it was, it was really great. So shout out to the whole Solstice team. Uh, looking forward to, the, to next year. And really exciting stuff. So big shout out to them. You can go to Solstice ATX to see the lineup and go catch up with these bands because you're going to see them again. Uh, and hopefully they'll make, they'll, you know, you see them on The Tonight Show. Or, and you'll be like, hey, I saw them at Solstice. Well, I saw them in Austin. This, that caliber of talent that we're talking about. Or listen to them on the feedback podcast that yeah, we did for the Solstice Festival. See, I'm not even plugging my own nice. shit. Well <laughs> I'm so given. I, I'm not even plugging Zing. my own stuff. So, as I said earlier, this is a special episode. This is part two of our Saved Austin Music uh, podcast series. And uh, we're dedicating three shows to discuss Mayor Adler's resolution uh, that just passed earlier this year. And um, so each episode we try to feature, we don't try to feature, we feature uh, key players in the scene and so, let's introduce our guest, Chris Bush from Tip Cow. How you doing, man? Uh, doing great. Doing great. Dan Redman from Mosaic Sound Collective. Yeah, how are you? Thank you for thank coming, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I know there's a lot going on, and there's a big momentum. Everybody's busy. I know Chris is <laughs> all, over, all over the place. Basically, let me just uh, recap real quick what's going on. Um, so reports came out earlier this year and late last year about the state of the Austin music scene. Uh, Venues are shutting down. Artists can't afford to live downtown. Uh, 1,200 jobs were lost in the industry within the past four years. There's a lot of problems with the permitting system. And so the mayor woke up and said, all right, we need to do something about this. So we introduced this resolution to try and fix the problem because we are the live music city, live music capital city of the world. It's a handful to say. <laughs> and uh, we can't. We can't call ourselves that if we have problems like this. And, you know, we're on the map. People looking at us. We have the biggest festivals in the world. So we have to live up to it. So how did you jump into the music scene or what is your uh, uh, Yeah, I've always, I've always been a big yeah, just music consumer, 
right? I've uh, uh -huh. and I've been developing software for 20 years. Um, and my uh, my business partner and a good friend of mine, Renee, um, he was booking shows here in town and a musician here in town for a band now defunct, uh, Blink Slate. And mm -hmm. uh, I was at one of the shows. I wanted to tip one of the bands. Didn't have cash on me, and I uh, was looking around for an app that you know would allow me to do so. Didn't exist. So you know we set out to create the thing. Opportunity. Yeah, yep. really. And it's it's you know I've always been passionate about about music. Being a developer, I mean it's you know 75% of my day I've got headphones on. Um, and it's kind of what gets me through it, right? Right. Um, so it's definitely a way for me to kind of converge both worlds, two things I'm passionate about. Right. What about you, Daniel? Man, I am a longtime music fan. I moved to Austin in 1992 when it felt like a small town, especially by comparison. It was, um, mm -hmm. you know, the bands all got along, um, regardless of genre. You know, it, it just, people were hanging out. And so my passion for music has always been there. Um, I have two teenage boys that play in a band called Residual Kid that are signed mm -hmm. to Warner Brothers. Ooh. And um, so they yeah, sort of live the dream. But, you know, I was watching as their sort of ascension was going on, this affordability crisis was happening in mm -hmm. Austin. And, you know, my kids weren't in it for the money. They were just doing it. And their peer group wasn't just other kid bands, but it was the next generation up of musicians who are the ones who are suffering by, mm -hmm. you know, the affordability. So, you know, my goal was to, you know, help out, collaborate and give back in some way. So that was where Mosaic Sound Collective came from. So how did you um, react when the, the resolution came up? Well, for me, it was, it felt like, complete validation you so know. you're already working on your project regardless yeah so this business plan i've been working on i've been working on for about three years now and the music census which was released a year ago like i think it was last may mm -hmm. of 2015 was a 250 page report that just showed that the sky is falling and right. um you know so and it was things that as musicians and and watching um is all common sense. You know, you can see that musicians are being forced out and musicians who are renting houses in, in parts of Austin, whose you know, landlord decides that, um, they can make more money by selling it and property taxes are skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. So they're being displaced every day. Um, you know, I just started making notes and watching, you know, this, uh, the, the changing fabric of, of Austin and, you know, watching, tech sort of take over the live music side of it and wondering why there wasn't more collaboration as opposed to just coexisting at best. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where I, I felt like there was an opportunity to, to build something that was focused on community building, uh, building this sort of nonprofit, giving back community building um, one-stop shop of resources and services that are affordable, but for musicians and artists. Quick follow-up to that. You mentioned that, you know, and we all know tech is tech is really coming on strong here in Austin over the past twenty years. And you mentioned that it, it rather than rather than work together well with the music industry that was already existing, it's at best coexisting, as you said. Right. What do you think some of those challenges are? Like, how did that come out to be, and what would you what would you ideally expect to see? Well, I think it's you know the the challenge is also our opportunity, which is uh, you know what I say a lot. And so meeting people like Chris and meeting a lot of the other innovators that are building these great music tech apps and hardware and software um you know the, the challenge is that the music industry with giant air quotes which you can't see on the podcast um <laughs> there's there's no money in it you know music is basically free if you want to go out and search it you know through piracy or or you know whatever there are opportunities spotify is not going away and we've seen 
you know, class action lawsuits because they're screwing the musician and, and musicians are making, you know, 0. 0.00, you know, whatever the, the fractional um, amount is. And so the bottom line is artists have to adapt. You know, you can't just, you know, whine about it and say, you know, screw Spotify and, and you know, because they're screwing the artists. The bottom line is we have to adapt and we have to find the next big thing. And, you know, with the tech world, in Austin, you know, you have all of these tech incubators and tech companies that are out there in our backyard, but they're avoiding music. And I say that as a generalization, but avoiding music because, again, there's technically no money in music. So the opportunity that I see is we have this groundswell of activity from these innovators and these tech designers that are focused on music that if we can build a platform and a soapbox to say hey we're working together in the synergy of you know these guys like chris that are um, building this great tip app um you know Mm -hmm. or you know lots of other ones that are out there um you know let's work together and let's build that platform and, and 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 do it together and if if we build this credibility by saying this is our music tech city let that this is what we stand for we have music and we have tech then Mm -hmm. we can build the credibility and my goal is to build our own venture capital that is separate from the tech world so chris when you when you came up with TipCal, um i mean you saw the opportunity because you went through the experience and you're like you want to tip the band right exactly cash right but uh so when you started working on it when you looked around you didn't see anything like it yeah we we saw we saw one out in Nashville that kind of popped up for a little bit and then died out and you'll actually see every now and then you'll see somebody try it and then they kind of fizzle out and try right. it and they fizzle out and so I mean what we ended up setting out me and me and Renee um, we came up with the idea it was like February 2014 it was way way back um, and we uh, we decided at that point as we were looking at it it's like well from the tipping app perspective there's you know we got to do more than just that right it's it's about connecting them with fans and right. then trying to find ways to get them you know get them artists money for their shows more than just you know from tips via the phone right so um, we started with the tipping app um, and we're looking at uh, ways to monetize beyond that because uh, what some of these other people that have tried it in the past have learned is what you know we've learned pretty quickly is that just doing the tipping app is not enough Mm-hmm. Right, um, and you know it was kind of convenient. You mentioned the, uh, the the omnibus, not the omnibus, but the the music census that came out last year. Right, right. it was really kind of conveniently timed for us. Um, so we started doing this, and you know this is something that we wanted to do. We wanted to help, um, especially uh, um, me being the music fan, and then Renee being the musician. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, you know something that we felt like you know was needed and that we would use. Um, so and you just took on the project on your own because I know. You know, when people think tech in Austin, they think Capital Factory, right. they think uh, Tech Ranch, uh, all the, the venture capitalist mm-hmm. people who are here. And so you just went on your own and just did this? Yeah, we uh, so we did a little bit of a, a little bit of a pilot. Um, it was the year before last. Um, at the end of 2014, that I started writing up, and then uh, March of last year, you know, I, we had you know a little bit of my personal money, his personal money lying around, so we just bootstrapped it, hired some people, and then we got it out really quickly, mm-hmm. um, and then we've been you know pushing it ever since. And then I've been doing I've been doing updates as I need to, um, and then you know doing maintenance as we need to, um, and just adding features as we go. Um, but you know, you know you mentioned the venture capital stuff before. It's funny we talked to you know some VCs here in town, or we talked to VCs outside of town, and the second you mentioned music tech, I swear you can hear snickering in the background, right? Huh. See that's uh, that's crazy to me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's 
we're tech city, we're music city, and combining the two doesn't make sense to investors. They're two big money making industries too, right? So. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see where the what a holdup is. I mean, well, I think that you know part of the issue is that you know you see what's happening in you know compact discs or you know just disappearing. You know, you've got streaming services, you've got the Spotify's of the world that are out there. And so this music industry that, you know, has become such a DIY model, you right. know, the record labels coming from the top, it's few and far between that you you see these artists that have a platform where they, they can really launch themselves and make a career out of it, you mm -hmm. know? So, um, so I, th I think that the, again, the challenge is the opportunity, you know, where, where tech companies are looking for opportunities for something that is tangible that they can make money from and sell in music it just seems to be less and less money in it you know and one mm -hmm. of the things that i've learned that is sort of one of my taglines is you know art without commerce is just a hobby and so we have hmm. all of these musicians and there are more because <laughs> I, like, right yeah, I like that a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> there are more musicians than ever before and more consumers of music than ever before oh, true. But we have to find a way to monetize it and to to, to give people a living wage that so, are creating the art and just a shout out to chris for that i mean for those that don't know listening in Uh, TipCow is helps helps facilitate that that monetization by allowing uh, patrons of a particular band or artist actually tip that group uh, through their app without either while you're at the show or not at the show you don't have, to have cash you can actually do it right there through the app yep. and uh, so just a little primer for our listeners now a discussion we had here Chris uh, before you got here. Prior to me, um, prior to my moral victories at Street Fighter, <laughs> <Wow. laughs> let's not talk about that. Man. <laughs> was um, how the name Tip Cow came about. So a little, okay. little, little background on this is that I was talking to back about this, and he was like, "Tip Cow, cow tipping. What is that?" Uh oh. And I was like, "Back, why, why you put why you put on your face? How long have you been in Texas? Back 18 years. I, I don't was like, go every to 18 year old Texan." I'm not texting one. Two out of You've been here 18 years. Where have you been most of your life? Austin. Challenge Boom. accepted. I in think all, we have in a. In all fairness, in the past 18 years, we've uh, we probably got what like three cows left in the city, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't know that was the thing that you went out and then you just trip. push yeah. cows. Well, so apparently it's it's not. They did some scientific studies showing that cow tipping is actually not possible. It was some like uh, like uh, folklore myth or something. But um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But really, what it came down to is, I mean, we we went back and forth for God, like months and months trying to come up with a name for the thing, and uh, and we landed on tip cow just because I mean, it's it, it's fun. It's funny. Right. And um, and that's that's part of it with with the music industry is that we're still supporting something that's supposed to be fun It's supposed to be engaging. So we wanted to from a marketing perspective, it made a lot of sense. And, you know, it's just, I thought it was hilarious. So that's good. Not taking yourself too seriously. Right. right? Exactly. Right, Enjoying right. it as you're producing it. That's that's cool. I like this story, but I honestly did not know what cow tipping is. <laughs> I learned some today. I'm going to go to bed less stupid tonight. Thank you. We appreciate glad, that. Glad we could be educational. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This the is what the podcast is And you for. should give it a try. I mean, you know, he's saying it. it's not possible, but you got yeah, to give it a try. No, I'll be, I'll be the, only, the, the only asshole out there. Like, I'm totally doing it. I'm trying to push, tip the cow, man. Becky, you got to bend over right next to the cow so you can tip over right, something. Right. You do it with your legs. Push it with your legs. That's right. Just don't mention the app when you're doing it. <laughs> But uh, can you break down how Mosaic Sound Collective work? Well, it looks good on paper, so I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give you the, the vision. You know, the, the vision was to create this one-stop shop of resources and services um, focused on education first, you know, creating this opportunity through having this kind of a coffee shop vibe 
that has the synergy um, of a coffee shop where, you know, it just happens to be filled with music people, you know, mm-hmm. so, and so we've got, um, you know, we've got some live music venues, we've got two uh, venue spots, we've got an education component that is not a certification or accredited program, but it's more based on like the UT informal class model where it's tangible trade skills within the music industry, sound engineering, lighting, video production, social media, podcasting, things like that, that are, to me, you know, the musician who either moved here with a guitar and a dream or put all their eggs in the, I want to be an artist basket. So maybe they went to music school or maybe they didn't go to school at all. Mm-hmm. Um, creating an opportunity to, to work within the music industry. You know, a lot of the musicians that are, you know, I don't even say struggling, but that are um, dealing with the affordability issues, you know, if they're playing music in clubs where the cover has been $5 for years and years and years, um, it's difficult for a a band to make a living that way. So if you've got a job within the music industry, I know a lot of musicians who are producers and are working sound in venues, but um, I know a lot more that are working in restaurants and coffee shops and, and grocery stores. And so if we can create some of those tangible skills within the music industry, but do it on a working musician's budget and schedule, um, you know, I, I think that it creates more opportunities. And you already have the the place. We have the place. Yeah, it's nice. So, it's really nice. Yeah, you've been there, and Chris has been there. It's uh, yeah, we've got a twenty five thousand square foot facility. It's over in East Austin, right off of one eighty three, just east of one eighty three on MLK. Yep. And it's um, yeah, we've got big goals for it. We're gonna have some rehearsal studios and a co working space vinyl manufacturing, um, screen printing, um, again, the, the education component. And what we're most excited about that we're going to launch first and, and hopefully very, very soon is our music tech incubator, which is really taking some of these uh, music innovators and market-ready apps that are out there that just need a voice and a platform and create mm-hmm. that platform. Because the ultimate challenge and and Chris touched upon it is you know these these other tip app producers who've come and gone you have to become the industry standard if you're going to make it in this industry mm-hmm. and yep. so the only way to do that is to engage the musicians to gr- engage the consumers and in Chris's uh, case you know c- engaging with the venues so you've got three different avenues um, of people that you know can can help and you know if we're all working for the same goal we need to collaborate and not feel like we're so fragmented and competing. Do, do, sorry, go ahead. Sure, we have a question from our from our uh, from our chat. What for for music? You know, there's a lot of positive things that are going to be happening and a lot of initiatives you're taking off the back, and I think it's going to be such a huge bonus to Austin. So thank you for doing that. Yep. Um, what are some of the challenges you foresee, though, or, or obstacles for music coming up front that um, you are looking to overcome, or maybe the listeners, or you might be able to find someone else out, out there that can help you get past any obstacles that you see in your in well, the future? Well, one of the things is is we are really a, we're focused on the nonprofit segment of what we're doing, you know, and that's easy to say um, when there are 120 plus music nonprofits out there that are all fighting for the same dollar. Right. right. Um, so our goal is really to not be a, a, a commercial hub, but a place, a, really a resource center for the artists, kind of a YMCA for artists, you know, uh, not... Um, good analogy. You know, not a place that is just built for 
um, music businesses, but a place that is, again, like that coffee shop vibe where, you know, you, you bring your guitar or, you know, you're, you're a DJ or, or, you know, you want to just learn how to podcast. Well, here you go. Hey, Bax over there, you know, having, having a beer and catch me in a corner. I'll be podcasting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, in creating this, this sense of, again, again, synergy. And so one of the challenges that, that we've had is those people, and we've, we have been very careful not to say too much about Mosaic because we get that one chance to make the first impression. Right. right, right. Um, you know, so we have had some skeptics that have said, you're going to piss everybody off. You know, all these producers in town that aren't full all the time or all these musicians who are struggling. And, you know, my answer to that is, you know, this is a, you know, we're, we're creating this resource center for artists. We're not a, we're not a recording studio. We're not trying to take, money away from anyone. In fact, we want to build that collaboration. So our nonprofit side of it, even for the Ham, Sims, Black Fret, um, Austin Music Foundation, Austin Music People, all of these great music uh, nonprofits, we want to collaborate. If we've got this this group of musicians and artists, um, to be a member in our collective, and this is kind of one of the important takes on it, we want people to be engaged and committed to, to being part of Mosaic. So, you know, we may have a monthly or a, an annual due, but, you know, most of the artists that we want are suffering and, and have right. a hard time paying their own right, rent. Right. So we have a mechanism that you can pay for your membership just by giving back. You know, if you're volunteering your time or your music um, or doing something to show that you're giving back to the community and helping these music nonprofits and these other music businesses. Um, that's the level engagement of engagement that right, we look, want people. A little bit of give and receive, a little each one. Absolutely. Each yeah, one. From, from my perspective too, I'm extremely excited about it. I mean, I can give, you know, um, with the co-working space that, that you know, they're going to have. Um, so we were at a capital factory for about two months um, and really there was nothing there for us outside of, you know, like test resources, that kind of thing for the app. Mm. Imagine if I'm developing a new feature for TipCal or a new feature in one of these music tech apps and I can just walk next door and ask musicians, Hey, does this work for you? What do you think about this new feature? What do you think about this this new um, this new UI or whatever? That you know that is so extremely important to us because mm-hmm. it's they're all in the same room. We don't have to hunt people down. We don't have to take time out of people's day. They're already there with us. Right, right. right. The commission came back with a seventy three point plan uh, on how to address this problem that uh, Austin is facing, and how do your ventures actually address specific points i know that i mean it's 73 not going to be able to do all of them you know they prioritize it hopefully and then pick five or ten or whatever it is so what are some of the specific things that your uh your ventures actually address on the plan well i'll I'll tell you i mean i'm first of all i want to applaud mayor adler for taking a stand i think that he is um you know, some someone who is uh, he, he didn't have to. It, it wasn't. Uh, it would be much easier just to say, "Hey, we want more money." Sorry, musicians. You know, but 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 tech's taking over, industry's taking over. But taking a stand to say, if we really want to protect this live music capital of the world, we have to put our foot down. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so th- the seventy three points, which I know they're they're we're waiting for the response um, that's going to city council. Um, but it, it's an it's an overhaul, you know, and, and to me, what I love about it is, you know, and, and what the goal of Mosaic is, you know, not what we can do internally. Our metric of success is not the bottom line, but it's how many jobs we can create, how many, uh, you know, what our affordable housing component, which is, you know, advocacy and, and building a conduit for those who need to those who have 
And we've got a mayor who's standing on a, a soapbox saying, we've got to fix this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, it's, but what's going to touch on all those 73 points is the music community collaborating and working together to fix it. Cause I think that all can be touched upon and I think all can, they're all going to be required to make a difference in the music world. I've got a question for Chris. Sure. Um, leaning on your tech background and expertise in this area, um, and with the idea of music in mind, and which you've done already, you created an app that, that there, was a, there was a space for. Right. Um, and congratulations on doing that. Do you, without getting away any trade secrets of any other areas you're looking to go into, do you see any other gaps in the music industry where tech can help fill some sort of uh, gap? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just be blunt about what we're doing next. Um, okay. So Exclusive. Wh- <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, so we, um, we set out initially, it's, I mean, again, the mission originally was to increase the uh, revenue artists receive, period, right? Like right. the tipping app was just one gap that we saw. Um, but one thing I've noticed is there's a lot of shows in town where artists play between Sunday night and Wednesday night, really, mm-hmm. where, I mean, I'll be honest, I would love to go. I can't. I've got a day job and I've got tip cal. So I'm in front of a computer 16 hours a day and then uh, I go to bed and I wake up and I do it again. I can't make it out. But you go to bed, you're selfish. Yeah, well, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I do. Uh, so what we want to do next is with uh, so live streaming. I'm a, big, I'm a big gamer. I love twitch.tv. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to move into that space. So what we actually see is over half of the tips coming through happen whenever somebody is sharing their tip cal, a unique URL. Um, on Facebook or during a live stream of theirs, right? But it's uh, there's no like one stop place to um, really uh, get access to fans here in Austin. I mean, there's a few players like Concert Window, or, like Stage It, that kind of thing. Um, but we really want to focus on these these shows like Monday through Wednesday and try to monetize and reach fans that really want to make it out but can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I think the next gap is, is, well, we've got transportation issues. So one of the things of the 73 points is that we've got, you know, it's, it's extremely hard for parking and transportation and the train system. And plus with the Uber and Lyft fiasco that's going on right now, yeah. um, it's really hard to get downtown. Yeah. Uh, and so if we can build a, uh, build a tech solution that brings the shows to people in ways that they want to consume them, and but then also working with the venues. So if you watch a show on Tuesday night, maybe the venue would give you a discount if you come out to their venue on Friday, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going next. And that, uh, that inc- I think, will increase the, the revenue that artists receive a, a lot because it's going to reach fans that they otherwise couldn't reach or that couldn't come out. How many artists on your roster right now? Uh, we've got 360 signed up, the majority of which are in Austin. Uh, I want to say like 250 or so uh, based in Austin. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Thank on you. That. That's awesome. Just and hardly scratching uh, the surface. Yeah, yeah. for sure. How did, you, how did you reach out to him? You, you went to shows or you... Uh, Renee worked really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the answer to all of this. Uh, no, no. So we... Um, so, so Renee's, you know, who's a booking agent um, on ha- at Havelina for, for a long time. Um, and so we started there. And then we've got a... Our tipcal.live is a, it's a sister site of ours that we run uh, where we... Um, where we do show reviews for artists. And that uh, the justification behind that, first off, was to give them something back um, because we do, you know, we do have to ha- keep a certain amount of each tip just to keep the servers online, right? Mm-hmm. And we wanted to, to give them as much as we possibly could to justify us doing so. Um, and so us doing that, you know, them sharing and then the artists would share those show reviews on their, on their you know, social media sites, that kind of thing. Um, we got a lot of grassroots uh, adoption of the app just through that alone. 
own. Um, and then shout out to, to Jacob Weber and his photography uh, skills because the, the photos that he puts together for the artists are just awesome. Nice. It's phenomenal. Um, yeah. Do you have any concerns about the resolution itself? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, there's still government trying to fix something mm-hmm. and people can be skeptical about government probably putting their hands on on issues like this one. I mean, any issue really, but so, especially something that impacts so many people. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I think it's it's much easier to say no than it is to say yes. So if we can find a, I mean, I, th- I think we, the Music Commission, which uh, another group that I applaud, I mean, they, they came in and have, you know, they have to represent their constituents and be the conduit to city council. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear it a lot. I mean, city council is the wild, wild west. We've got things going on with, um, I mean, these are issues that are, are happening in any burgeoning city but um you know i mean the, the stand that is being taken i think it's undeniable we have to you know we have to put our foot down so the goal is um and i know that your uh your audience or your 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 uh panel next week is is going to be able oh, to touch yeah. upon it but yeah. um you know the challenge is like making sure that that voice and the message is consistent and that it's it's easier to say yes than it is to say no mm-hmm. yeah because we've got to fix it. What do you, what do you hope is going to come out of it? Is it uh, the city goes okay? Now we have all these people doing great things. So now you guys, um, you know, take over with your partnerships and uh, make it the project, and the city gets out. Is it more money? Is it a six month thing or a year thing? I mean, I have all these questions for the people next week. Trust yeah. me. But I just want you to get your, your, your take on the whole process. I mean, I, I'm not going to say no to money, it's, but I'm not expecting it, right? And, and I honestly don't feel like they um, necessarily should. Um, what I think that they should really do is focus on ways. I mentioned transportation earlier. That's my own personal opinion. That's the most important thing, right? Like, I feel like a lot of people aren't going to shows because they can't get downtown, in mm-hmm. a decent amount of time, right? So really focusing all the resources on that or focusing the resources on uh, is streamlining the process for venue permitting, that kind of thing, right? Absolutely. Um, doing that so the government basically gets out of the way, I think yes. is the most important yeah. thing. I yep. think so, too. Um, and then also, like, we've got the, 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 I mentioned the Uber Lyft thing before. The the PR from a national perspective as far as the, the city's um, I- involvement with tech uh, the city of Austin, it, it's pretty negative right now. Um, it's, it's overall or just music? Uh, just overall. Um, Are people, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're seen from what I've read as hostile towards startups. Um, and that's an extremely big problem from my perspective because, you know, I'm looking for private funding for the business. Right. So the government also needs to work on that in general. Um, and then, I mean, that would help us. And then hopefully, in turn, we can continue helping, you know, the artists. I read a bunch of articles about startups just saying, hey, screw Austin, I'm, I'm moving yeah. to California because you can't make it happen here anymore. I didn't know it, I didn't know it was that big of a of a movement, but it's it's really happening, which is which is sad. I mean, we're if this keeps going and if we rely too much on the on the city, I mean we might end up losing our you know, our tech culture and our music culture and that's what we're known for. Well that's right. And I think it's the, the entire creative sector. It's not just music you know the arts sector has their own issues that are inherent of Mm -hmm. affordability you know Mm -hmm. and um again i think it has to be the only way we're going to fix it is through collaboration exactly what you guys said which is you know making it so 
easy for the city to get out of the way, you know, really building policies that are focused on the artist. You know, the subsidies are never the answer. You know, when you hear about clubs going out of business because their leases go up and, and, you know, we can't depend on taxpayers to subsidize. We have to really galvanize the ecosystem um, at the artist level. And Mm -hmm. the only way to do that, I think, is to, to really create more opportunities for that ecosystem, you know, as opposed to just saying, well, you know, the argument about affordable housing and gentrification, um, afford- it's, Austin is never going to be more affordable than it is right now. Right, and We right, just right. can't control it. But if we don't protect our creative sector, we're just going to become another Houston or Dallas. Mm-hmm. No offense to those cities, but I'm no, no offense. offense. Yeah, <laughs> offense. I don't want to live there. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I landed here. We have a culture in Austin that we're trying to keep. Yeah. And as much growth as we're getting these days, I mean, these days, we're hundred people moving to Austin today, and there's an opportunity to actually let people know, hey, this is what Austin is about. We're a music city. We have festivals. We have great talent in the, in the city, people doing great things, and this is, how, this is how you support. This is how you get involved. And I think what you guys are, what you guys are doing is uh, remarkable. Nice. Yeah. Remarkable, remarkable. Uh, there's a follow-up question to, to your, to your uh, stated stated challenge uh, with, you know, building a good ecosystem, you know, starting at the artist level. And, and part of that ecosystem is patrons, is, is, is people supporting music, people going out and seeing live shows and paying that money to see them, right? Part of the challenge is that money's not always coming in. I think we're getting better about it, but it's still a long climb to go. Um, for either one of you, any, any, and remember, we have a lot of listeners of music that are listening. Any ideas that you have or advice you have to listeners or just people out there on how to best support music? Obviously, there's a good app out there called TipCow. That's right. Want to think about. I heard about them. Use, uh, <laughs> use TipCow to tip the bands. That's one, right? Yep. Right. Any other ideas or just things that people can do to support artists to help, to help fund that ecosystem to keep it here? Well, I, th- I think part of it, you know, that challenge that we're talking about of people not going out to, to patronize live shows as often. You know, we have festivals every weekend. And, <laughs> you know, we talked about it earlier. Yeah. You know, and Sometimes too, right? Yeah. Right. right. Exactly. You know, and, and that's amazing. But, you know, a lot of these artists locally and a lot of these festivals, and I'll use South by Southwest as an example, we have people coming from all over the world for these two weeks of intense I mean, and all of this money coming in that, and I'm not saying this is a responsibility of South by Southwest because I think they do a very good job, but I think that we have to find a mechanism and it's, it's the responsibility, not of our government, but it's a responsibility of the industry of Austin, not just music or, or the creative arts to reinvest that money back into Austin and not doing it because it's through taxation or subsidies or anything like that, mm-hmm. but doing it because it's, they, we want to save this. Yeah, we were uh, for you know, mentioning South by. We were part of the uh, the music startup spotlight and then the digital music lounge. So during the whole trade expo mm-hmm. thing, we had a booth, right? Um, but it really felt to me that it was kind of a second thought, right? A, a little bit. Um, you know, it's uh, there's heavy focus on like we've got the big thing right now is health tech and VR, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's still a music festival, so they did give us they gave us a platform to speak. But whenever we went to go pitch at the end. Um, you know, nobody was in there because it was the last day at the very ah. last minute, right? So it, it felt like um, it, they didn't give us enough of a platform to stand on. Um, and that's, you know, we're a new business. So, you know, for us, it's expected. But there were some some bigger players that were in there. And it, it just, it didn't seem like it was focused on that. And, and that's that's partially, um, you know, it's it's their, uh, the interactive side of things is tech in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I totally get that, you know, it's uh, we're, 
um, you know, we're not the heavy hitters in comparison to, you know, Sony, right, when they're out there showing their new stuff. Right. Um, but, you know, giving us giving us a platform to stand on uh, would be would be awesome. It would be phenomenal for the festival to do that or any of the others. And there, there's music tech festivals out there, the music tech conferences out there that the city doesn't have, um, in which there's one in San Francisco, there's one in Nashville, right? So doing something for us would be phenomenal, and uh, more than just us, musicians in general, right? But I, I think there's... Like you said, there's all these other cities who are doing it right. Like they have an, infrastru- an infrastructure, people are working together to make things happen. They have a music tech um, uh, uh, industry there that's actually thriving. And yet here we are and we don't have any of that. You know, one, uh, one thing I, that I brought up at uh, some of the town halls is that we have all these resources for musicians, for artists, all the nonprofits and everything, but you have to still have to get people to the door right. to go to a oh, show. Yeah. I mean, uh, harness something nonprofits. That's great. I don't know why we need so many. I'm sure they overlap somehow. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you don't give people a reason to get in the car to go see a show on a Tuesday, uh, and tip the band, and buy merch, and tell their friends about it, then pay cover, just, buy drinks, exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah. So you're it's, it's a losing battle. Uh, and I was kind of you know when I started doing the podcast, I was kind of shocked that there was not that many here. Right. As creative as the city's supposed to be, and we have. You know, people doing great things and innovative things, and yet here we are. This podcasting is still, you know, really pretty much unknown. If, if they do, they listen to like the ones out of New York, out of L.A., the you know the Mark Marins and the uh, the Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, yeah, yeah. yeah Joe Rogan's oh, yeah. the best podcast. Oh, yeah. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours of just pure Joe Rogan. Uh, funniest genius. things on the planet. Exactly, <laughs> and so it, it's kind of a. Uh, oxymoronic in the way that yet we have all these creatives here in Austin and yet they don't get the support we deserve if they deserve even though we're known for that mm-hmm. and uh yeah if, if we don't do anything it's it's gonna it's gonna go away if you don't pay attention yeah I think one of the basics of economics is when you have an affordability issue in any you know any industry um you automatically go into survival mode where you're you're, you become competitive because you're struggling to survive, just like these other people in mm-hmm. your own industry. Yeah. And so that's where I think it has to take a social movement to say, hey, we, we have to collaborate to make this better. And, you know, that's, that's where I think, again, the synergy of these music tech incub- innovators that are out there, and, and I don't know how many we've got, 30, 40 plus. Yeah, it's dozens now. You know, yeah. and it's just amazing to me that the energy of getting these people in the same room and just talking about, hey, how can we help each other? And that should be the same exact thing that goes on in the entire creative sector, you know? Yeah. I think the misconception is that artists have this sense of entitlement, which is bullshit. You know, they don't have a handout. They're not looking for anything. They just want to create art. Right, Maybe right. they're not businessmen or salespeople. So if we can create those skills or surround them with people who have those skills, but doing it not by adding rungs in the ladder or middlemen, by saying, hey, this is a DIY platform to say to have that synergy and maybe you maybe you don't know how to podcast, but here's back who can help you you podcast and, and you teach a class on something like that. Mm-hmm. And now we spread it that way. And you know, and, and I think the same thing's gonna happen in, in music tech and in music in general. Yeah, I think that with the um one of the main themes that came out of last show was, you know, work with work with the city and don't rely on it. Like, kind of do your, you know, yep. do your own thing. You know, the the what happened for years that people were just operating in their own circles, in their own bubble, 
And then the thing came out, the town halls and conversation, and people got to meet people, which is great. And But I still think that there needs to be a push for letting the city know that there are some players out there who are actually moving forward regardless. Yeah. And just getting the city's approval and say, hey, we uh, we approve of Mosaic, we approve of Tip Cow, and there's some things that can be done right now just to support that. With not as, not asking for money, but something as simple as, hey, we do their website and sure. the city's website and have links to all the resources, links to feedback, links to Mosaic, links to Tip Cow, have people write about it, you know, uh, tell all the media outlets out there that, hey, there's this thing going on. I mean, I read the article that, um, was it, uh, Kevin Curtin wrote uh, in the Chronicle, yep. right? It was right after the, the last music commission, and it was a great piece, and I'm like, how come there's not more people talking about this? You know, there's one. here's one guy who, who has a column in, in the Chronicle who does a phenomenal job at yep. covering the music scene, but he's one guy at the Chronicle. You know, and then it it will happen every once in a while, but it's not necessarily a drive, you know, uh, from either the, the the media or the city to be like, hey, by the way, we have all these people doing great stuff. You gotta know about them. You know, look up Tip Cow, look up uh, Spot Caller, and it's feedback. Ta- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I got your comment. Your words, not got, ours. Your but yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take uh, it. Yeah, it really, what it comes down to is that they uh, we, we kind of we kind of hit a filter bubble, right? So whenever we we go to all these these music commission events and we go to the shows and we go all over the place, you know, podcasts like this, and we all reach the people that are fans of all of these music tech companies. It's all the same people after right. a certain right. point, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but uh, just doing. Or, or, or reaching out to the broader audience because there's well over a million people in the city of Austin at two. this point. There's over two. We hit two. Okay. Um, yeah. So the majority of those people don't know we exist. No, they we don't. don't. Um, Here, here's one uh, one piece of feedback I got from uh, from all the town hall meetings is that yeah, it was a lot of the same people from meeting to meeting, right? But here we are. We have what five, four or five universities in town, mm-hmm. and I didn't see any students there. You know, we have, what about just regular music fans that just, they love to go to uh, Broken Spoke or they love to go to Continental. And so I didn't really see that outreach throughout the process. I mean, they had 90 days to put this thing together and then all the meetings in different districts, by genre and everything. Some of them were great. Some of them had a lower turnout. But I was like, there's a big, here we are, we have a big population that's just not being tapped into. The yeah. students. Yeah, agreed. And Well, I've, and I'll tell you, part of that is the funding for these programs are diminishing. I mean, the yeah. music programs, I mean, there's a great program um, at St. Edwards. And, you know, UT's funding, from what I understand, has, um, has been reduced. And, and, you know, I don't know by numbers, but you look at the film community and the incentives for filmmakers that used to be here was taken away. So a lot of the film industry moved to New Orleans. And then those incentives got taken away, and it moved to, to Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. which is where a lot of these film things are happening. So again, I don't think the answers are subsidies, but um, you know, really, we have to touch upon those people, and we have to if if we've got those schools where we can build those programs. Um, um, but even at the you know junior high school level, you hear about music programs and sports programs being you know funding being taken away. And you see this with with kids, and it's like there's there's an obvious tangible benefit to having music programs right. with, with children. So the right. youth engagement is so important. Not just protecting our current 
struggling musicians, artists, and creatives, but the next generation, you know, because this is something we're seeing right now, but you said earlier back, it's like, is this a six month or a five year? No, this is an eternal problem, man. If we've got a, if we fix it now and we put our flag in the ground and say, God damn it, this is a live music capital of the world, you know, let's do something for the long-term future, not just right now. And it has this sense of urgency, like it's a now or never type of thing, because when uh like the art commission and the music commission met for the first time yeah that was you great know, all you no know, you're doing things chris doing things everybody's in is kind of the energy is here yep and if we don't take advantage of that it's not gonna now it's not gonna happen two years down the road right so it's one of it's one of those issues that impacts us all and we all have to get involved and you know do our best to support so one of the common challenges we hear at the music commissions, at the different meetings they had, at the town halls, and even last weekend, this week, that I see a common theme is communication. Yep. And it's not only communication amongst us, with, you know, within the industry, but it's communication outbound to potential patrons and, and, and fans of the music. Um, again, I always like to challenge our guests. What do you What do you think is the best way, or what do you think? What are some of the challenges, and what are some of the ways you found successful, or think might be successful? And communicating not just with each other, but also with people out there so that they know what's going on. They know about TipCal. They know about the mosaic. How, what are some of the things you're finding successful? Well, I'll tell you, I, I think part of it is the, you know, we've got a tourism council that in the city of Austin that has, mm-hmm. and one of the mayor's omnibus um, topics is export. You know, if we have, and I can tell you from, from experience, my kids played in Europe. They have no physical music in Europe, but they played um, uh, Pukelpop in uh, Belgium and my son texted me afterwards and said dad they're singing the words to our song and it's like and you know so the it's there you know we just have to create those opportunities tip cow doesn't you don't have to be at the show you know you could be listening to it in your car and find the band and be able to tip them if they're engaged you know those are things that that we can create those you know the infrastructure is there we just have to expand it through that communication like we're talking about. Right. And it really is like a, it's a patient like cultural shift that has to happen. Right. So it's a matter of like getting people out to the show, but also letting them know that these, these services exist. You know, there, there's tip cow, but you, you mentioned spot collar earlier. Right. right? So um, it, it's a matter of like, okay, well, I want to go see a show. I've got nothing going on tonight. Well, where do I go to look for that? Well, I can check Facebook. I can use spot collar. I can use all these things. So um, just, just getting, getting the word out there um, either through social media or, at these shows, right? right. At, at these shows, because these fans are the ones that are, uh, you know, from a monetization perspective, those are the ones that are going to spend money. Those are the ones that are going to help support artists. Yep. Um, and But you have to find value to give them to make them, you know, want to spend money on things. Right. You can't just expect them to just throw money at people because, you know, <laughs> oh, I feel bad, right? No, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Right. And then people talked about, you know, like cover charges going up too, mm-hmm. um, but with the competitive market and with the fact that, you know, the younger generation, which is the market that we're trying to reach here, we're trying to communicate to, right. they have a lot less money than your previous generations, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the numbers are there on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a matter of finding value that they want to spend money on and then also trying to get not only the communication to them, but also to their friends and giving reason for their friends to come out. That wouldn't normally, it's like, oh, I don't care about the music, I don't really want to come out. It's like, well, give them a reason to come out and then maybe they will love the music. I mean, uh, the whole idea of um, you know, scene evangelists, music evangelists, yep. where you, you know, you're an authority among your friends because uh, you love house music or you love rock. And if you know your friends, you're like, hey, I know you, I know you like rock too, just like I do. But, you know, go check out Ume next time they perform. You yeah. know, go see Young Tongue perform. 
um, I think that it doesn't happen enough. I think we're so bombarded by information now that it's just overload and you're just like, I don't even want to you know, deal with it. Or, But if you choose to do so, then you share baby pictures and check-ins <laughs> at the gym yeah. and cat videos <laughs> and rants on Trump. I think, I think it needs to happen more. It needs to happen more. And yeah. It's not happening enough. And we're a city that lives on this. That's what we're known for. That's what we're about. So, yeah. you know, unless uh, we get the word out. Yeah, and I've got I've got a decent number of friends, you know. And I'll tell them, yeah, I, like I know you'll love Ume, for instance, right? I got yeah. I got a few friends that are big like alternative rock fans, you know, metal fans, that kind of thing. I'm like, you have to go see this band, <laughs> right? Um, and then every time, you know, every time I see Ume, I'm always blown away, like every single time, right? And I've got a bunch of fa- friends that are fans of hip hop here, you know, in general. And I'm like, and then I tell them, you know, Riders Against the Storm, and yeah. they're like, well, well, who, who's that? I'm like, well, you yep. live in Austin, how do you not know who Riders? <laughs> right, right. right. Been in the uh, year three times in a row. Where uh, you yeah, been? Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, and it's a matter of like, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I've got a tip cow, you know, I'll be, you know, tip cow's going to be out at the show. I'll be out and set up. You know what? I'll get you. I'll go ahead and get you. And you only have to pay cover. I'll pay for it for you. And then they don't come out. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'd rather stay at home. But, you know, it's, it's, but I know you would love it. So it's a matter of convincing them to actually like get off their ass and come out to the show. And I think the or other, bringing the show to them. Yeah. And I think the other big thing, one of the apps that, that we, Chris and I were talking about earlier, Synesthesia, that is doing a visual oh, experience. Yes. I love yes. Yes. Yeah. Synesthesia. Synesthesia. You know, the, I mean, the, the big misconception from these artists who can't afford to pay their rent or are working so many jobs is that, you know, well, I can't afford a stage show, you know. So having these things, these opportunities or these developers or innovators that are saying, hey, we're here to help you and it doesn't cost you money to, to do it. It doesn't cost a lot of money for that is experience. You know, some of the bands we didn't touch, Hard Proof, Afrobeat, uh, yeah. Mother mm-hmm. Falcon, um, Golden Dawn Orchestra. These are, yeah. I mean, look at how many people are in those damn bands, you know? Yeah. It's like, and you think about the fact that they're playing for the art, not the money. You know, right. again, artists don't have this sense of entitlement. They just want to create art. So we just have to create the opportunities and, and drive that consumer appreciation, you know, and get them out. With the idea of the question earlier about communication and, and Bax's mention of scene, scene evangelist, right? What's going on out there and promoting that? As we begin to wrap up this uh, podcast, and thank you for coming out, um, anything coming up this weekend that you'd like to be a scene evangelist for, that you'd like to communicate out there, to let people know what's happening, or what are you doing this weekend, if anything? So I'm actually going to Houston for a late Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> You're working so hard, man. Yeah. You got to stop. And I'm flying to L.A. with my kids, and they're, they're doing some recording out in L.A. So uh, Sure. Anything coming up in the next couple of weeks? You just want to get out there? Anything you want to plug that you're aware of? Any artists that you'd like to see you know that are playing? No pressure. All no of pressure. them. <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually, uh, so I didn't get a chance to stick around for Henry and the Invisibles. Um, oh, and I've never got a chance to see them live. And they're Ooh. like near top of my to list. To see them live, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I've seen, I've seen <laughs> them. Vi- yeah, them, him, him, yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, it's, it's near the top of my list, if not the top cool. of my list, just because of everything I've heard and seen online for that, right? Um, and Octopus Project as well, I've never seen. Ah, uh, okay. So those are, I mean, I'm, I'm mentioning Solstice Bands from before because I think about 24 hours ahead at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so it's it's those are two very very big ones that I want to see, and uh, I know um, Riders Against the Storm. Um, I, you know, I've seen them multiple times. Shaka works with us on Tip Cow, right. uh, and so I absolutely every time I see them, I absolutely love seeing them live. Get a get a chance to go out. Um, every time I get a chance to go out, I try to. Um, so yeah, okay. good deal. Well, let's get into uh, the picks, right? Yeah, let's go on. Uh, let's see. This Thursday, there's a new monthly uh, party going on at Flamingo Cantina. It's called More Fire. So it's Selecta Q45 and DJ Orion from Peligrosa. And it, every, it's going to be every, th- every fourth Thursday of the month. 
Afamingo, reggae, African and Caribbean music, which is pretty cool. And this Thursday, they're having this human beatbox guy. I love beatboxing. I don't know how you teach yourself how to do that, but the dude is incredible. Uh, so it's five, $5 at the door, 21 plus at Flamingo Thursday. Uh, Friday is Kalu James nice. at Continental Club. Oh. I met him at the uh, the live podcast we did at Stay Gold. Really cool dude, and I looked him up, and the guy can sing yep. funk, blues, rock, soul, you name it. It's it's really, really, um, I mean, he's really talented. So he's from Nigeria, and he sings like he's, like he's lived here his entire life. Yep. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Uh, so he's playing at Continental Club on Friday. It's 10 bucks at the door. Go support. The man's great. His band. Uh, awesome also. Saturday, Shiny Ribs at Kudin. Yep. Oh, Shiny Ribs. Shiny Ribs. I met I met the guy at a Black Fred show, and I've never seen a dude with that footwork before. <laughs> he's just he's just dancing on stage. And my, my favorite part was the uh, he did a rendition of No Diggity. <laughs> and he and he sang. He didn't sing it like the actual song, but I mean the words. He had the words down, but the, the cadence was different. The sound was a little different. Loved it. So Shiny Ray's playing playing that scoot in. Uh, if you like that country soul funk, I'm throwing words out. But he did yeah. Prince. He did Prince. He was at the Prince oh, cover show, yeah, yes. and it was unbelievable. Man, even Kevin if, is awesome. Even if you don't love the genres, just go. You'll yeah, love it. You'll love yeah, it. You'll you'll love will be, you will love the genre after that, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm just throwing genre. You have to see it. You have to see it. And you'll know exactly what we mean. Yep. Uh, so that's $15 at the door at Scootin' Saturday. And that's about it. I've got to pick. Oh, it's yeah, not, it's not, yeah, it's not on the agenda. But um, today, I had a friend of mine recommend that I go see a particular artist. Um, and I'm just going to say it on here. They're playing at Stubbs this Saturday and Lake Street Dive with Walker Lukens and the Sidearms at Stubbs uh-huh. uh, this Saturday. I've not heard of them, and I've just heard they're really dope. And I said, hey, I trusted this person. He's an evangelist. They seen evangelist to me. Yep. <laughs> and I said, all right, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to go check it out. So that's this Saturday night. I'm going to check that out. Uh, my backup plan for this, and I hate that I'm going to miss her again because I haven't seen her still yet, uh, Jackie. Jackie Vincent. Jackie Vincent? It's playing this Saturday night. Uh. At one to one bar, and uh, so I agreed to this. Then I saw that she was playing. I was like, Ah, well, so I'm taking it things. for granted that she's here, uh, and eventually she's going to go on tour, and I'm not going to see her for like years. So take that right. chance to go see people. Too while they're many out things there. going on. All right, so how, how can keep up, people keep up with Tip Cow Mosaic? Uh, so Tip Cow, you can. I mean, Facebook is probably our primary source of like news, right? With what we've got coming up, mm-hmm. Tip, uh, Facebook and Twitter, um, and then uh, also, I mean, just check the website. You know, we we can update as we go. Um, but yeah, the social media accounts, and then it's Instagram uh, is mm-hmm. a really good way. And tipcow.live, if you want to check out show reviews, and if you're sitting and you want to just read up on some of these artists in town, we've got about I think 40 or so show reviews up there right now. Nice. That uh, very high quality, you know, photo content, video content, as well. The reviews themselves give you a really good insight on what you're expecting or what, what you can expect if you go out to see some of these artists. That's awesome. Yep. Cool. And uh, mosaicsoundcollective.com, you can sign up to be an artist advisor or advocate. Um, it's just kind of a launch sign up page. But our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, all Mosaic Sound Collective, uh, follow and, and we'll be launching uh, some some big news very, very soon. Nice. Keep up. Sign up on a, on a mailing list so you get all the, all the latest. Well, let's wrap this up. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah, you. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat. I have a, f- a few announcements to make. Three things. If, if you like what we're doing, there's three ways you can support the podcast. It's very easy. The simplest one is just share with your friends. 
you know, tell people about the feedback podcast where we've been talking about collaboration and being evangelists and supporting the scene. So make sure you share the podcast. You follow the feedback on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. If you write a review, that really helps for the rankings uh, on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud, so check that out. And also, I started a donation campaign uh, so that uh, we can keep doing this thing. I mean, we have computers and hosting services and all kinds of stuff going on. And, you know, it is uh, time-consuming to put the show together. Uh, we have people working. And so if you like what we're doing, we really appreciate it. If, you, if you'd like to donate, you can go to the feedback.com slash donate. Every dollar count, you can make it one time or you could make it every month, which would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Next week is episode number 100. Big 100. Big 100. Woo! Yes, and for that episode, we'll be taping live from City Hall, and the show is at 2 p.m., not 7 p.m. like we usually do. It's going to be at 2 o'clock, and the guests are Jennifer Houlihan, who's been on the show before, Hooley. from mm -hmm. the Austin Music People. We got Gavin Garcia, who's the chair of the Music Commission, and I'm glad I got Don Pitts. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> from the ATX Music Office. Really excited about that. So that's next Tuesday, the 28th. The finale of our podcast series. We're going to have a lot of questions answered. Make sure you tune in. Be a part of the conversation. Follow the feedback. All that good stuff. And we'll talk to you next week. Miko, thank you. Yeah, thanks everyone. Shout out again to everyone in the room. Uh, Byron, Kalo, Marcy, and everyone else in the room. Thank you all for listening and tune in next week. Dan, Great. Chris. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Ciao, ciao.